I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, what are we doing for our first show of 2020, Jeff Braun? It's a new decade, but more importantly, a new month. So it's the January movie preview. We'll also recap what we thought of The Mandalorian, and I'll offer some thoughts on a couple of Netflix hits, The Witcher and You. But now it's time for that preview. And the year often starts with a scary movie, and that trend continues with what's new this weekend, a reboot of The Grudge. This is Detective Muldoon. This is Peter Spencer. Something happened to me at 44 Rayburn Drive. Someone was murdered at that house. Why did he never go into that place? Something never felt right about it. Looks like we got another one. Do you think that the body we found is related? Hello? I went to the house. Hello? Police department. I think something followed me home. Mommy? What's going on? What's wrong? We need to leave right now. Now, the first Grudge movie debuted in 2004, a remake of a Japanese movie. The series is about a curse that's left behind in a house, created by this dead family's rage. Anyone who comes into contact with that curse is destroyed by it and the members of that angry family, the ghostly members of the family. There was a sequel in 2006. I never saw the first one, but I saw the sequel. And while scary, it was among the worst movies I have ever seen. And then there was a straight-to-video threequel in 2009. Now we've got the reboot, similar idea, John Cho is the lead, looks scary and super gory, so definitely not for you, Jeff. I'm going to go watch Little Women this week, I think. Yeah? Yeah, that's way more up my alley than this. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And then on the 10th, Sam Mendes' First World War epic 1917 opens wide. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow's attack. If you fail, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. We need to keep moving! Come on! There is only one way this war ends. No! No, no! Last man standing. Rated R. 1917 follows these two British soldiers as they head deep into enemy territory to try to deliver their message. Mendes won an Oscar 20 years ago for directing American Beauties. 20 also- years? It's been 20 years since that came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a, just a little bit over 20 oh years, God. actually. Okay. He's also made the last couple of James Bond movies, uh, starting with Skyfall. Apparently, the big magic trick he's pulled with this 1917 is that it's one of these movies where it looks like it's all one long shot. It's not, of course. They fake it to look like that, but it's always a neat trick. And he hired Russell. Roger Deakins, one of the best cinematographers in the game, so sure it looks fantastic. The cast is full of unknowns in the lower ranks of the army. The captain who is speaking is Colin Firth. Benedict Cumberbatch also plays some sort of an officer. Hey, and Mr. Robot, they had an episode that was all one shot or made to look like one shot, right? Yep. And was it one shot? Do you know? If- there's commercial breaks and stuff, though, so. Well, yeah. Those are really. But- no, it wasn't really one shot. Okay, all right. No, that'd be just too hard to pull off with. Special effects and stuff. Okay. Also on the 10th, Jamie Foxx is wrongly convicted in Just Mercy. It is ordered, adjudged, and decreed that Walter McMillan is to face death by electrocution. 
It's my dad, sir. Sit down, young man. John, I want you to sit down now. He did nothing wrong. Please, Judge, hold on one second. Sir. I won't say it again. Sit down. Not if you're going to kill my dad for no reason. You killing my family, sir, you! They convicted an innocent man. I was always taught to fight for the people who need the help the most. You don't know what it is down here. They ain't got to have no evidence. It's based on a true story, and it looks super heavy. I'm still recovering from marriage story and some of the other heavier fare I've seen in the past month, so I think I'm passing on this one. These type of movies usually seem to go the same way. Uh, Michael B. Jordan plays Fox's lawyer. Just Mercy also stars Brie Larson, Tim Blake Nelson, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Also on the 10th, a comedy starring Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne. It's called Like a Boss. On January 10th, critics call Like a Boss. Laugh out loud hilarious. What's that hot? The hell is wrong with you, lady? It's the perfect girls' night out movie. Gucci And follows in the footsteps of Girls Trip and Bridesmaids. Oh, yours are made of stone. Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne are a comedy dream team. Yeah, I'm going to get Claire Luna down here. I'm going to jump. Rated R. Well, sure, if it's as good as Bridesmaids, but it's not as good as Bridesmaids. Haddish hit a big with Girls Trip in 2017, which isn't that long ago, but she starred in about half a dozen movies since, none of which really made any noise. Despite Bridesmaids and Girls Trip, Hollywood remains mostly terrible at making movies for and about women. I mean, there are a lot of crappy movies in any genre for any audience, but with these sort of movies, it feels like they're even more likely to just throw crap at the wall and hope it sticks. Too soon to say for sure about Like a Boss, I guess, but it is January, so so I would not get my hopes up. Salma Hayek, Jennifer Coolidge, and Billy Porter also starred. What is this music that you've chosen? Uh, who's the boss? The instrumental theme oh. version? <laughs> I was trying to place it, and I thought, I know this music. Aren't I was you expect- glad I didn't... Sp- yeah, pick a spring scene song? Well, no, I've, I was uh, figured you'd go with Like a Boss by uh, The Lonely Island, although that's way too obscene. Yeah, I, pro- I don't even it. think I know that song. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Like, But yeah, I, I would play it for you right now. But it's it, too much. It requires a lot of censoring. <laughs> uh, also on January 10th, we've got The Informer. This is recording now, and we'll be recording the whole time. Kozlo was a convicted felon. He is also an informant for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We have a buyer. I'm going to take everything you got, Cabrón. You're a cop. These guys find out you're a cop. You're a dead man, you understand? I'm going to give you one chance. And I'm going to give it to you in a few seconds. No, freeze! That's where I can see him, NYPD! This is bad business. Sturzik tells me that the cop was pointing the gun in your face. You now owe the price of your life to Wojtek. How much is your life worth? You'll break your parole. Get back to prison. Anyone can get drugs inside. It's you. I want out. We go along with the general's plan. Evidence of fentanyl being methodically distributed inside a state prison buries the general for good. And if that happens, you're a free man. First off, when I looked up this movie, I thought, that sounds familiar. 
Well, that's because it was in our August movie preview, originally set for release on August 16th. The Informer is about an honorably discharged special ops soldier named Pete Coslow, played by Joel Kinman, who goes to jail right after a fight to protect his wife. He's given a shot at early release by becoming an informant for the FBI, with agents played by Rosamund Pike and Clive Owen, and by using his covert skills to help take down the general, the big crime boss in New York. But the sting goes wrong. Now Coslow is caught in the crossfire and has to deal with a series of impossible choices to save himself and his family. Also, Common is in this, Jeff. Noise. He plays a New York cop. Jeff, of course, likes Common because John Wick Chapter 2. Absolutely. And up next, Kristen Stewart goes deep, super deep, to face monsters. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes doing our January movie preview. Five movies out on January 10th, and we're down to the last one. Kristen Stewart stars in Underwater. Listen carefully. You are now descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. Was that an earthquake? No. Gotta get to the escape pod. We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen. I don't know what's out there. Turn your lights off. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. What did PG-13? Underwater is about a crew of underwater researchers who have to scramble to safety after what appears to be an earthquake ravages their lab. But there are monsters. What else do you really need to know? It looks Jeez. creepy and fun. That would that scares me. I've said it before. Ocean stuff scares me more than space stuff. Well, like I'm, the stuff that's down there compared to what we don't know is out in the cosmos. I'm afraid more, much more afraid of the ocean. Some of the stuff that is at the bottom of the ocean, whenever they do show those documentaries, yeah, it's it creepy. just defies imagination. Like you couldn't. I don't think you could do enough drugs to then create that <laughs> out of your mind. This it's creepy. But yeah, the monsters in this look scary. Uh, so so far, too scary movies for you to pick from, Jeff. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Uh, Moving on to the 17th now, Robert Downey Jr. has left the MCU behind and embarks on the next phase of his career with Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. I hear babies cry. You can talk to animals. Watch them grow. Yes. They'll learn Anything you'd like to say to me? We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Hello, Barry. Hello, lunch Give up, Doolittle. You can't outsmart. Oh, what was that? A cat? Uh-huh. I still a cat. January 17th. Why is this happening? Didn't Eddie Murphy already do this? Yes, he did. Twice, Dr. Doolittle came out in 1998. It was followed by a sequel in 2001. They made close to half a billion dollars, all told. Pretty impressive, but... I guess it's been 20 years, so here we are again. We wouldn't have questioned a remake of a 60s movie for kids in the 80s as kids, so why not? All the movies, uh, there was one in the 60s, by the way, are based on the children's books from the 20s. I used to have at least one Dr. Doolittle book when I was little. He, of course, is the doctor who can talk to animals in this movie, portrayed by Robert Downey Jr., who goes on some sort of an adventure. doesn't look particularly spectacular, and it does look like RDJ's trying to set up another franchise. You'd think he'd be done with that by now. The voice cast for the talking animals includes Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man, Emma Thompson, Ray Fiennes, Rami Malek, Kumail Nanjiani, Marion Cotillard, John Cena, Selena Gomez, and Octavia Spencer. I thought it actually looked pretty fun. You think? Yeah. 
Maybe I was just cranky when I was watching that trailer. <laughs> Could I be. just thought it was dumb. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, maybe you like this instead. Also on January 17th, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence team up one last time in Bad Boys for Life. I'm a bit tired. What happened to Bad Boys for Life? It's time we be good men. Look at the baby. Stop ah. it right now. Seriously. Look at the baby. I'll be outside. Marcus, somebody's trying to kill me. I'm not letting you go on a suicide mission alone. One last time. One last time. I'm going to need you to hurt some people. I'll pay for the therapy, all right? Look at this carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody? Oh, come on, Captain. You know I shot some people. Yeah. This is a threequel in the Buddy Cop series that started back in 1995 and then produced a sequel in 2003. Smith was the cool one, Lawrence the not-quite-as-cool one, and they get into all sorts of crime-related hijinks and typically a lot of things get blown up. Neither of the first two movies were very well received, but there remains a ton of affection for these films, and that sequel had an insane car chase. So destructive. That was actually the year that The Matrix Reloaded came out, and they had that insane highway chase. Right, right, right. Bad Boys 2 had their crazy car chase, and then Terminator Rise of the Machines had its own destructo car chase thing with the, <laughs> the crane that chased after Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was a good year for car chases. Anyway, this movie, Bad Boys for Life, looks entirely unnecessary, but hey, it looks fun. I've still not seen the first two. They're in on my list in Netflix, so they're okay. Maybe I'll get to it they're okay. sooner or later. Yeah. On the 24th, The Gentleman is a British gangster movie from Guy Ritchie. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Right. Lovely. If you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're going to have to stamp that out quickly. These people are going to clean house, and you are part of that house. In the jungle way a lion survived not by acting like a king by being the king oh. brilliant that first voice was Hugh Grant, old and grizzled, and I'm actually not having it. I'm pretty okay with watching actors age, but I don't like seeing older Hugh Grant for some reason, nor do I care for the voice he pulls in this. Anyways, it looks like Richie's trying to get back to the movies that made him famous in the first place, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch. Those are about London street toughs, and this appears similar, although I guess they're supposed to be a little more refined because they're the gentlemen. Richie also made last year's live-action Aladdin. I expect the gentlemen will be a good deal more violent and Sweary, Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, and Colin Farrell are all, all in it, along, of course, with Grant. I gotta listen to that again. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. That's Hugh Grant? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Not sure that I like that no. either. Hey, also on January 24th, another scary movie, Jeff. This one's Come called on. The Turning. What happened to your last nanny? Like I'd tell. You need to take charge here, Kate. I know what you're afraid of. Keeping the lights on won't keep you safe. Can you please stop? You're gonna leave me, aren't you? I'm not going anywhere. Promise, promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. <gasps> Everyone dies, Miles. Did you see them? I don't want to play anymore. Hey, why are you doing this? Stop now. We're not safe. Stop getting tails. 
bad dreams? Yeah, this one looks creepy. It stars Mackenzie Davis, who was in that latest Terminator movie, Dark Fate, and Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, also the It movies. It's a modern adaptation of a ghost story from 1898 called The Turn of the Screw. It's set at a mysterious estate in the main countryside where new nanny Kate has to take care of two disturbed orphans. She quickly learns the kids have secrets, as does the house, and, well, scary stuff happens. So we've got three scary movies so far, Jeff. And there's oh still God. one more to come. Are you serious? Yeah. It's a big scary month. For This is a good time of year, I think, for scary movies, you know, because it's dark and cold outside for many and... I don't know. Fine. Why not? Well, you did go see a couple of scary movies. I did. Scary-ish. Get Out. You saw that and you yeah. saw It, even though you went against your will. And Us. It's all us. I really liked us. Does yeah. not count as the scary one. Uh, I, that's yeah, the one yeah. that gave me the most nightmares. Yeah, scary-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's some pretty creepy stuff that goes on. Hey, we'll wrap up the January movie preview in a moment, and we'll tell you what we thought of the finale for The Mandalorian. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. We're wrapping up the January movie preview right now, and on the 31st, Blake Lively is out for revenge in the rhythm section. I lost my family three years ago. If it wasn't an accident, there was a bomb on that plane. I need your help to find the ones who did this. I've got nothing to lose. What about your life? What about it? Her family died in a plane crash, and Lively's out to get those responsible. Bad guys, I guess, not like Boeing or whatever. Jude Law plays a guy who seems to help her navigate the underworld and gets her weapons and stuff. Also, Jude Law, still an actor. I feel like every three years I see him pop up in a small part in some movie. Didn't he used to be a leading man? Whatever happened to that? I don't think I ever noticed Blake Lively much before I saw her in A Simple Favor two years ago. Uh, she was terrific as a badass in that, and I fully buy her as a would-be assassin in this. Sterling K. Brown also stars in the rhythm section. Jude Law, he's, I think he's gonna, he's got another Pope show. He's got the second season of the Pope coming up. Yeah, yeah. what is it? The, the young new Pope? Pope? The yeah. new Pope? The young Pope. So the first one was the young Pope. Is it still called the young Pope? I don't know. The new Pope, yeah. So I think the first season was the young Pope. Oh. And know, now it's the enough. new Pope. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Jude, I like Jude Law. Yeah, me too. One more scary movie to close out the month. That's a great yeah. month for Jeff Braun. On January 31st, Gretel and Hensel. fairy tale has a way of getting into your head, even before you hear it. Somehow you just know it. And it always went like this. Pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Ouch! Tell me how you came to be in my woods. There's too much, and it isn't right. You're scared. There's something wrong here. Careful, dear. I'd hate for you to start something you can't stop.
This one stars Sophia Lillis, another one of the teenagers from the It movies. The official description reads as follows. A long time ago in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search of food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. <laughs> a nexus of evil! It looks super creepy, and at the end of the trailer it's described as a grim fairy tale, spelled grim, G-R-I-M, as opposed to the two M's like the Brothers Grimm. So that looks like it could be a good one. And that concludes the January movie preview. And now let's take a quick peek at what's coming to home video. What's your name? My name's Arthur. Well, there's something special about you, Arthur, I can tell. Where are you from? I live right here in the city with my mother. She says I was put here to spread joy and laughter. <laughs> what's so funny? She always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. <laughs> Rated R. That's Joker, of course, starring Joaquin Phoenix coming to Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday. Um, we both saw that one. I, I, I think you liked it a little bit more than I did, but it was, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It was a, it was kind of a tough movie to get through because it was just so brutal how he was treated throughout the film. But eventually, the climax, I think, made it all worth it. So, yeah, worth seeing. Also out on... Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday, as well as Digital HD, is a movie called The Lighthouse, starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. That's this weird black and white movie that uh, it's got rave reviews from critics. It's a little art house thing. Apparently, it's pretty crazy. So, if you're looking for something weird and different, The Lighthouse is apparently one to go for. All right, now let's have a peek at what we thought of season one of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, look outside. They are waiting for you. Yeah? Good. So The Mandalorian, this is a show that I did not care about at all when they announced it. I thought, that doesn't sound like a Star Wars story that I will be excited about. But yeah. when Disney Plus launched, I figured I might as well try it because it's free to try it. And holy smokes, did I have fun watching this show. What did you think? I, I really enjoyed it too. It's basically like a Western, except set in space, which is, I mean, a lot of space shows are like, or movies are like that anyways. But this one really felt like a Western, not the least of which is that many of these planets are just the desert anyways. So uh, I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was sort of like... They did. It was more an adventure of the week kind of thing than it was this overarching season-long story that so many other shows obviously do now in the age of digital streaming where the whole season comes out at once kind of deal. Uh, and another difference, I thought, between this and what you, you'll usually see now is that short runtime. Most of these were about just over half an hour. And, I mean, I guess HBO started it, but Netflix really popularized this notion that if there aren't any commercial breaks, episodes should take up a whole hour or whatever, which is dumb, especially since most Netflix shows can't fill an hour without a bunch of filler in it that makes you half of it just, just makes you nod off. So this, I thought, was just great that Disney was just like, yeah, we don't need to put in a whole bunch of extra stuff just for the sake of putting in extra stuff or padding out some fictitious running time we think we need to hit. Yeah, I um, liked the, I liked the, the, the they didn't overdo it. Yeah. They just came in, they told us a quick story each week, and I thought the, the finale was just thrilling. And I think maybe that's what, what surprised me the most was how 
uh, great this show looked and how much effort they put into it. Like, this was not a throwaway piece of entertainment. It was not sort of, it didn't feel like a TV show where they said, well, it's a TV show, so we can't spend quite as much money. Obviously, it wasn't nearly as big as a production as your typical Star Wars movie, All but right. some of the effects in this were like nothing we have seen yet yeah. in the Star Wars saga. And the, the, once again, they've got a cool droid. I was just going to say, the one thing that all everything Star Wars since The Force Awakens until this morning has done right is the robots, the droids. Every single one of them has either uh, brought in a brand new one, most of of these movies have or whatever, and they're always just gangbusters. They steal the movie, and like BB-8's probably one of the... the most popular thing of the new trilogy or whatever, right? Yeah, maybe the Porgs. Maybe, yeah. But BB-8, like, did more stuff yeah. and saved the day. And just, they're just, they're on fire with it. So what was this one called? IG-11 or IG-11 or something Yeah, like I that. think it was IG-11, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, he was great. And then, of course, Baby Yoda. Oh, well, no one would have guessed in a million years that... That would leave probably the biggest mark in pop culture this year was Baby Yoda, um, probably the best Star Wars character in eons, and we still really have no idea like what the deal is with Baby Yoda. The Force is strong with Baby Yoda. That is all we know. Is the Force strong with all the Yoda-ins or whatever their I, race is called? Yeah. We or don't, is it just like a coincidence? I don't even know what his race is. I don't know what planet Yoda is from. But one of the criticisms <coughs> of the show faced at least early on was that it was impossible to connect emotionally with the Mandalorian because you never see his face. We do eventually see his face once. But I liked that we never saw his face. No, I knew who it was, and I know what his face looks like, so big whoop. But I, but I think that he was able to convey emotion yeah. through his words and even through his body language. Do you find yourself... Uh, I, I find myself, when I watched it, watching him walk and stuff, especially if there's stairs and things, because there's no way you have any sort of proper vision. That's a cool-looking helmet. That is not conducive to eyesight <laughs> at all. Maybe they've That got... thin little slit, I mean, not nah, just... I bet you can't see the first three feet right in front of you on the ground, unless you, like, bend (laughs) right on. Yeah, so I was like, how's he going to do stairs? Are they going to make him do stairs? (laughs) Stuff like that. Because, like, I guess that was a problem with uh, the guy that David Prowse said that about Darth Vader and stuff. It's just impossible to see almost anything walking around. Mm, Yeah. Well, that's true, but overall... It looks so cool. Yeah, the costumes were tremendous. I liked the the various supporting characters, the droids. Hearing Nick Nolte's voice in anything always makes me happy because he just sounds so crazy. So, yeah, this was a... I highly recommend it. Eight episodes. They're short. It's not a long binge if you want to check it out. Yeah, and it's back next season. uh, Or next season is back next fall, according to what's what John Favreau said this week. And I guess he's going to try and return the baby Yoda or something next season. I don't know. I sort of hope they don't just drag out the mystery of that. Yeah. Like years and years and years or something like that. Yeah, they need to deal with that. I could see them dragging it out for like the most of the season, but I would like to see that resolved maybe by mid-season. Yeah. And then, so that mystery is resolved and then there's this remaining conflict of, okay, now that we know, now what do we do about it? Uh, Are you keeping your Disney Plus in the meantime? Uh, I've been been thinking about that. I still got to finish watching that Jeff Goldblum documentary series. So that's a lot of fun. But I have recently picked up on Netflix again, and I'll tell you about a couple of shows that I'm watching in a moment, but we do need to talk very quickly about the 10 most popular series. Oh, hang on a second. That's why. Why did I turn that off? There, that's better. 
The 10 most popular series on Netflix in 2019, according to Netflix. And I was, uh, there are a couple of lists out there. I was looking at one that was just like their most popular everything, but this is specifically their most popular series. Yeah, like fiction series, not because they also have a bunch of non-fiction series, blah, 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 blah. Uh, number one is Stranger Things Chapter 3. They call it Chapter 3, is that what it's called? It's Stranger, Stranger Things 3, Stranger I Stranger Things 3, yeah. So I guess that's not really a surprise. Uh, number two was a new show called The Witcher. Number three, The Umbrella Academy, then Dead to Me, then You, Season 2, then uh, miniseries When They See Us, then Unbelievable, Sex Education, Season 3 of 13 Reasons Why, and something called Raising Dion, which I had not heard of until this moment. Well, that Sex Education is an excellent British comedy. Uh, I talked about that earlier this yeah. year. I just loved it. And you saw When They See Us. You that was that really was good. tremendous. But that and Stranger Things are the only two I've watched on there. Okay, well, up next, I'm going to and tell you about two of those shows on that list as I have recently started watching them. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. We just told you the 10 most popular series of 2019 according to Netflix. And on that list is a show called The Witcher. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. <laughs> You're a mutant. Created by magic. Roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters. For a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. So here's the rundown from Wikipedia. The Witcher is a fantasy drama series created by American showrunner Lauren Schmidt, Hisrick for Netflix, based on the book series of the same name by Polish writer Andrzej Spowski. The first season, consisting of eight episodes, was released in its entirety December 20th, and a second season was announced for release in 2021. It's set in a medieval world on a landmass known as the Continent. The Witcher follows the story of a solitary monster hunter, Geralt of Rivia, who is played by Henry Cavill, source Yennefer of Vengerberg and Princess Siri, who find, or is it Kiri? I can't remember yet. Who find, and I'll explain that in a minute. They find their destinies tied together. And I, this show had so much hype going into it because I know there are tons of fans of the books, tons of fans of the video games, which were adapted from the books. And I like Henry Cavill. It looks great. Like I watched the trailer, I thought that looks cool. But the first episode. I just found it dreadfully boring, and I'm only halfway through the second episode, and I just could, I still couldn't get through it because I'm bored. So I'm told that it picks up, but it just takes a long time to really get going. Because even watching the trailer, there's some cool stuff in the trailer that I want to see. But I will point out, Henry Cavill is awesome in it, largely because of his voice. Evil is evil. Bless her. It's all the same. But he's also just such an imposing physical presence. I mean, he's Superman, for God's yeah. sake. Like, he is a big man, and he is his, the work that he does in the fight scenes is really tremendous. So he has an imposing, charismatic presence on screen that's really hard to resist. So I, I always feel good when these guys can get 
into something big besides the superhero thing that made them famous or whatever. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, you don't really think of Christopher Reeve in any other movie. He was in some other movies, but yeah. you couldn't, I couldn't name one right now. Yeah. So it's, it can be real tough for those guys sometimes. So it's nice that he's got something like this because you're right. He's a really good actor. Yeah. So I like him in this. So I'm going to keep watching because he's so cool in it. And I, the trailer appears to promise cooler stuff down the road. But I'm only two episodes in for that. And four episodes in of season two of You. It's hard to have a fresh start when the past is on your mind. Candace. I think we have some unfinished business to talk about. But it's a new me. You were here before. Your credit came back sparkling, Will. But I looked you up. You're not on the socials. Thought you might be some kind of freak. I'm told LA is what you make of it. Who you surround yourself with. Hello. You. You came out, so the first season came out late 2018. 18 and wow did i love it it stars pen badgley who is in gossip girl this show it's one of the i think more interesting shows because of the mixed emotions that you feel about its main character because this guy is a creep like he is a genuine bad guy he stalks women he does everything he can to manipulate them into being his and then bad things happen to these women and yet you find yourself almost rooting for him you huh. find yourself liking him because he's not a complete jerk like he still has kind of a moral compass he goes out of his way to help kids and yet he's also despicable so yeah i just feel like i, I find myself kind of at war because i i want to like him but i also know i should hate him so if you want to show that'll challenge you that way and he's just kind of a fun character he makes these really hilarious observations particularly now that he's moved from new york to la but yeah season two of you has been excellent so far i love season one and i'm really enjoying season two so i will Endeavor to complete both of those series by the end of this week. And that's all the time we've got. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.